it's definitely a lot more work behind the scenes. I always say it's like we don't get paid for the time on stage. You know, the job, the real job is is the travel and the behind the scenes and the you know, the grind and the being away, um, you know, kind of stuff. But it's still, I still wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, it's an addictive job. I mean, it, it's an adrenaline rush. Welcome to the Gary Scott Thomas Show. Here's what we know. The podcast with unexpected conversations. Listen each week as we engage in unscripted conversations where we'll be just as surprised as you will be with where the dialogue goes. So join us each week and be privy to the captivating conversations that are sure to ensue. Here's your host, Gary Scott Thomas. Welcome to the latest edition of Here's What We Know. Uh, the podcast of unexpected conversations. I have no idea. I've known this guy for years, but I have no idea which way we're going to go. You know him as the lead singer of Lady A. I know him as the guy who hits the golf ball two and a half miles per stroke. <laughs> Wish. It's Charles Kelly. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing really good. I'm actually going to play some golf today after we talk. Really? Where are you? Are you in yeah. Nash Vegas? I'm in Nashville, yeah. And then um, we head out for... Uh, we got a couple shows uh, on Friday, Saturday, and then fly back for CMA Fest on Sunday night. So, yeah, man, got a couple little days off before a busy weekend. What's your favorite course in Nashville? What's your home course? Uh, a place called uh, Richland Country Club. It's just a it's just a fun golf course. A bunch of guys like you know everybody always asks me if I play with a bunch of you know artists and stuff, and and I do sometimes. I'll I'll play with some of my you know songwriting buddies and, and artists, but. I just, I like to play with a bunch of guys that we, you know, are not in the business and, you know, we don't talk about anything (laughs) other than, you know, hitting the golf ball. I mean, they're all, you know, businessmen or just, you know, just, just get, just good old boys. And I love it. I hundred percent get, I get that when I play golf, my regular group is an electrician, a retired, a retired, uh, um, a man of Indian descent from the semiconductor industry and a guy who owns a, uh, a cleaning business. Nice. You know, and and it's. and I bet y'all, and I bet you never ever talk about business. We, we, <laughs> we hardly do. Well, they'll, they've been talking to me, you know, because we're going through this whole thing where, you know, with KRTY, in case you guys don't know, we're going yeah. to streaming, right? So we're doing that. So that's been one of those things they've been like going, okay, so how does that even work? What is that? <laughs> you know, because in their world, this is not even real. And I'm like, well, do you ever listen yeah. to us on your Echo or your Amazon Alexa? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, that, that's, that's what it is. So, but yeah, yeah, I no am, doubt. I am always more fascinated to talk about their business. Yeah. Do you find yeah. yourself doing that? Because I mean, you know, owning a cleaning company and you just think about the ins and outs of that or, or an electric, what you and I do, it's kind of, I call it dancing monkey syndrome. You know, we, we do, yeah. we stand up on stage and we, you know, or we stand on a mic and we clap the uh, symbols together and we do what we do. But if you're running a cleaning yep. business, that's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's funny. I've actually probably the last time I really actually, you know, talked a lot about business with with, with some of these guys were during the pandemic. They were like just they would have just normal jobs, like whether it was, you know, selling homes or, or, or whatever it might be. And during the pandemic, they all got into the mask business. They tried to at least they were trying to like. They were like literally on the phone the whole time, like calling up, trying to get like masks and sell them to different because, you know, there was such a shortage. 
And I was still intrigued. I said, how does one get into the mask business? And they were like, man, it's a gold rush. You got to get in. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm so, I know. And I'm so curious now that, you know, it's, it's, you know, pretty much nobody's wearing masks anymore. If like, you know, they got like, 50,000 masks in their basement, you know, yeah. trying to get rid of them now. Every, every time they hear of a new COVID variant, they get a little excited. Oh, here yeah. Comes. They, yeah, they get, they, yeah, exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> I, who are, now, again, because everybody wants to know the famous people you played with, but because golf, the thing I love about golf is for four hours, you get to hang around with somebody and you get to have a conversation. Yeah. Who are some of the most interesting, not famous, who are the most, some of the most interesting stories you've heard? Oh man, I'd have to think about that. Um, I'll share with you one with me. I, I was playing yeah. golf with this old guy, and he was wearing overalls and a flannel shirt. And uh, we were playing, and I was talking to him, and I said, so what do you do? And he goes, I re I'm retired. I said, where'd you retire from? He goes, NASA. I said, what did you do at oh, NASA? Wow. He goes, I was um, I was Werner Von Braun's team. We were, we were the ones who did the Gemini and Apollo missions. Man, <laughs> that's... So cool. I know, right? And I'm a biggest space nerd in the world. So, I mean, for three and a <laughs> half hours, I just sat back and talked to this guy and asked him, ask him questions. It was fascinating. And so that's what I mean when you sit back and it's not necessarily the most famous yeah. people. It's the interesting people. Yeah, exactly. It's golf or, you know, anything like that, that just, just being together and, 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 and getting to know each other. I tell you, who's really not just bragging that he's my dad, but my dad is one of the most interesting men. His life is like, the stories he'll tell and I'll, we'll be on the golf course and then he'll all of a sudden tell a story. I was like, I've never heard, heard you talk about that. I didn't know that. I didn't know you had a girlfriend before mom. I didn't know you, you know, and he'll, he'll kind of go through all these little intriguing stories. But one of the coolest things he shared with me was he sold Bibles door to door um, after or yeah, just after college to pay his way to medical school. My dad, like grew up in the North Georgia mountains up where they filmed like deliverance <laughs> and, he was just, you know, grew up on a on a farm and and worked. You know, one of those classic stories. Had to walk two miles to school, all that stuff. And and then, you know, he just was this one of the hardest working men I've ever ever met. And um, but he would just start. You know, he always tells you these random little stories. Like he likes to claim too that the reason that my brother and I sang is because he was in the church choir and had you know, sing a lead one time. So that's his uh, claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> I sang how great but, but you are one time. Exactly. But it's funny how even like someone like your dad, you'll start finding out stuff that you never, you never knew, you know, on the golf course. Well, that's the thing when you, when you go through that epiphany and you start having it, you know, you're starting to do it now with your son Ward. I mean, I've always said the beautiful thing about when you become a parent is you, you get to time travel. You get to go back and yeah. see and go, wow, this is what my parents were thinking. This is how they felt yeah. about me. And then you get to fast forward and go, this is what you're doing. I have these conversations with my sons all the time. I remember they were, they were being very, they don't like to take pictures. Kids hate to take pictures, especially when they're posed studio pictures, right? When you have a photographer and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had to sit down with my boys one day and I said, listen, man, you, you think we're taking these for us. We're not. This is for, this is for you. You don't know how much your daughter's going to go, dad, look how young you were. Dad, look at, yep. it's like you were talking about your dad, you know, he sold Bibles. When they get to realize the full extent of your life, that this is, this is for your future. This is not my past. 
Yeah, that's 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 great. That's great words, man. It's so true. I mean, I see so much, you know, in him that you know that I that I remember, uh, you know, kind of being too when I was his age. And my dad, you know, was just down together here at the house and a couple weeks ago, and was saying that there's so much of, of my little six year old boy that reminds reminds him of me when I was that age. So it is. It's a fun journey. I will tell you one thing: having a kid. I think we had talked about this one time that that little level of worry is always there. And I've always couldn't, I never understood it. Like my dad, how they always slept with the door open in case they could hear us. And my mom just constantly worried every time I'd, I'd leave the house and stuff. And, and especially, I don't know if it's just having, having an only child, but my wife and I are constantly, it's, it's so much fun, but it's also this constant worry that something's going to happen. And so I kind of, uh, I definitely relate to my mom and dad in that, you know, I always thought they were, you know, kind of being a little overprotective, but I see where it comes from. Well, you know, you go through these different stages of parenting. I've got a buddy of mine who goes, you know, when they're at that age where your son is now, you are an air traffic controller, right? Yeah. You're you're figuring out their path. You're controlling everything in their life, what they eat, where they go, how they sit, even when they get into a car, you know, you're, you're controlling every little movement of it. And then you have to transition to at some point a coach. Yeah. You know, yeah. no doubt about it. I mm -hmm. mean, cause when you take a golf lesson, the guy can't take the, he can't take the clubs in your hand and swing for you. Right. He's going to go, <laughs> well, you, you do this or you do that. And, and then you have yeah. to transition as a, as a parent, you have to go into coach mode and man, that is the hardest part. <laughs> I, I'm, good. I'm just starting to enter that stage because my kids are 12 and 10, right? So you don't, uh -huh. and so you're having, and we used to leave the door open at night too. Well, now they close their own door. <laughs> and you're like, yep. Okay. Well, I hope everything goes well. It's, it's, there. I know. I'm trying, I know. I'm trying to soak up the moments why he, why he's, um, pays attention to us because I know here, if he's anything like me, he's going to enter that phase in those early teens. And then, you know, once you go to college, I feel like you start kind of coming back to mom and dad and, and, and realizing, you know, how much they mean to you. But, uh, I know that's going to be sad. Those, those, those three to five years of, uh, not caring, not wanting to have anything to do with mom and dad. You know, I, I will tell you this cause I heard this, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'll share this with you. They asked what the number one concern of teenagers was. And you know what number one is? not spending enough what? time with their parents. When they oh, asked wow. parents of teenagers what their most concern was, drugs, alcohol, peer pressure, and number four, <laughs> number four was spending time with their kids. It just goes to show if you spend more time with your kids, you don't necessarily have to worry about the other three. So, so, yeah. so don't, don't, even though they're going to tell you that they're going to push you away and stuff, what they really want, they, they are, they're being, they're being the, the, the restraints on a roller coaster. Nobody wants to get on a roller coaster without the restraints. And so they, yeah. they're always going to be testing you to make sure you're still there. That's called trust. So when you, when you get into it and I'm trying to, I'm trying to walk that journey, you know, where my son, my son will start going, ah, I want to, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 you need to talk to me. I don't care if it's for two minutes. You're going to have a conversation with me. It, it, and it yeah. seems like that they kind of respond to that. 
you know, that even though you don't want, they think they don't want to. And it's interesting when you sit back and look on your journey, because your brother Josh is a singer and you're a singer. And the fact that your parents supported that when your dad's a doctor, I mean, that's that's out of his realm of what he does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How did that come about? uh, Was that a was that a different story? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, first off, you you were made for this, Gary. This is like I feel like you, you you're like a, my wife always listens to these podcasts, <laughs> and I'm like, you're like one of those Renee Brown or, or, or Richard Rohr guys where you just kind of like, oh, this is just nice to hear him, uh, you know, help help kind of, you know, describe how I'm feeling or uh, calm my worries. You're good. You're 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 you've been a therapist all along. You didn't even know it. Because I've made every mistake you can make, and I'm constantly trying to figure out what what am I there doing. I'm trying to find my butt with both hands. If you want to know truth about it, Charles. <laughs> well, I tell you, this is you're, you're you're killing it, man. This is this is great. But uh, all right, so we we're talking about how your dad, how, I, how you like, got like, from there. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, I, so I went to Georgia, University of Georgia, and, and graduated with a finance degree, and and. During that time, my brother, Josh, had he was at Old Miss, and he randomly started putting his music up on, like, Napster. And somehow, some guy from Hollywood Records had, had come across his music, and just just by luck. And, you know, he had this song called Amazing. And so, anyways, Josh ends up getting signed to Hollywood Records, leaves college, and... uh moves out to LA and started having some success. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is really a, a chance. So I think my dad also kind of got to see that, you know, there, there is an opportunity to become successful in this. It's not just a pipe dream. And so when my brother had moved to Nashville, um, eventually, I guess he was probably in LA for a few years and decided he wanted to move to Nashville. That's when I quit my job. After I graduated, I worked for for a year. And I quit my job and I moved to Nashville and I don't know. I think he knew I always had something to fall back on. He knew I was a really hard worker and he had gotten to see a little success, you know, from my brother, Josh. And so I don't know. He was always super supportive. I mean, I I do think if anybody, my friends were the ones like, all right, good luck. I'll see you back here. And I'll see you back here in six months, (laughs) you know, um, my family was always super supportive, but it was, I think it came as more of a shock to my friends just because all through college, I had pretty much put music down. I, uh, my brother and I had cover bands all in middle school and high school. And I just kind of was like, all right, I want to go study hard. I want to be a business guy, you know, be, be successful. And then I got out and I realized, you know, there wasn't any jobs waiting for me. And the jobs that, you know, even eventually I wanted to get in. I was like, I don't really, I don't think I'm built to sit behind a desk. And so, you know, everything kind of led me to this point, but um, I don't think any, anybody in my family or any of us thought, you know, the journey would be this successful. Um, But it sure has been fun. But I mean, I will say my family has always supported me in anything and everything I've ever wanted to do. You know, my dad's biggest thing is just, if you're going to do it, you better work your butt off at it. So, 
Isn't that the hardest thing to get across? I mean, you see that uh, everybody wants to talk to dad about the young kids today. But the truth of it is, yeah. it's it's making them understand just how hard you work. They see you up on stage. They see you on an arena. They see you out there singing and yeah. having the crowd sing. They didn't see the cover band in seventh grade. They didn't see you playing Becky <laughs> Hamilton's party. You know, they didn't see you playing a bar at, you know, one o'clock in the yeah. morning with nobody but three drunk guys listening and, and learning the 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 craft of winning those three drunk guys over. They didn't see you showing up when nobody else wanted to show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a lot more work behind the scenes. I always say it's like, we don't get paid for the time on stage. You know, the job, the real job is, is the travel and the behind the scenes and the, you know, the grind and the being away, um, you know, kind of stuff, but it's still, I still wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, it's an addictive job. I mean, it's an adrenaline rush and, you know, like during the pandemic when I couldn't do it, I mean, there was a piece of my soul, you know, missing. And so, um, you know, it really is just a special connection with everybody, you know. Yeah, I have a friend of mine who's, who thinks that that's where part of the anger came in the country during the pandemic is the ability oh, sure. to not get together and share things as essential as concerts. Because the truth of it is... Yeah. Music unites us in so many different ways. And and I'm not just saying that as a kumbaya moment. I mean, it really, really does. And, and it's got to be even, it's got to be even a different experience for you on the stage. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I've been on both sides of it, you know, one of the last concerts I went to that just blew my mind was um, Casey Musgraves. And I just, just looked around and all it like all these people singing every word and just, you know, having the best time and, it was just, it was really special. People from all different ethnicities and, and sexual orientations just loving on each other and singing and, and it just sharing a moment. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the pandemic, I mean, on top of it, you know, everybody's just sitting there on their phone, you know, it was just negative after negative and just getting triggered the whole time, you know, and had nothing else to do, but just, <laughs> you know, just constantly be triggered. So God, I hope we never have to go through that ever again. That was, uh, just some, I mean, you can't make it up. I mean, we're going to be telling those stories and people going, what? Like, you know, generations from now and be like, y'all have to do what? And couldn't do, couldn't get out of your house. It just, you don't know. It feels, yeah. It's just a very bizarre, it's like a movie. Y'all, we'll talk about Lady A here in a minute, all right? But still, I'm just having too much fun going down the things that I never get a chance to just go down with you on uh, as far as yeah, the subjects. No it, it, now, you you mentioned Casey Musgraves. I mean, they, I, I love talking to artists about other artists. What do you love about her? What made you go to that show? Um, Her voice, the songwriting. I mean, the songwriting, too, she, you know, it's just very honest. But I think she's got one of the most pure voices in the world um you know she opened up for us gosh way back when she had her first record and you know i, I i'm not gonna lie the slow is a little i mean the show is a little sleepy and so for me to see the growth and and when i saw her you know a couple months ago i mean it was like watching beyonce up there i mean she just looked like a superstar in complete control so you know it reminds me of, of us i mean we you know our, our first you know, after our first record and our first year touring, if you look back at some of those videos, I mean, Hillary and I and Dave, I mean, we're trying to figure out how we move on stage and interact and, and all those different things. And, you know, to see her growth, there was just this like proud Papa moment, you know, but uh, I don't know. I just, I love great music. I don't care what genre it is. And 
um, you know, we actually have a show coming up that we're all geeking out on. Um, Hillary and Dave and I uh, were on a text team this weekend. We um, at one of the fairs we're playing. We've got Boys to Men opening up for us. I mean, we're sharing the bill with Boys to Men. It's like, first off, why in the world are, are we, are, is Boys to Men open up for us? Like they're huge. But um, we should be open up for them. <laughs> but I thought because that's like we're just going to time marching. Yeah, well, well, you're going to see three like you know it's going to be like three schoolgirls giggling on the side of the stage singing every word. I'm I can't wait, man. But uh, I just love live music as much as you know, and I feel like I don't get to see much live music. You know, we're on the road so much that when I'm home, it's like the last thing you want to do is get your car go and go through the whole rigmarole of a show. Which makes me really appreciate what the fans have to do, you know, in a show. I mean, the parking and this. I mean, it's not a cheap endeavor to go to a show. And then, you know, you get in there and you want a beer and it's, and it's $15. And you're like, what in the world? Uh, which we don't get, by the way. I always want people to understand that's the venue that does that. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's so messed up. But that's them. That's on them. They get the parking and that. We always, you know. They just give us uh, a certain amount to come to, you know, play the show. But it's uh, all that to say, I feel like I'm talking in circles, but all that to say, I love music so much. And, um, you know, I grew up on so much different music. But when I hear a voice like Casey's, it just floors me. Hey, buddy, a little boy's back. Hey! I was camp. I was camp. Will you say hey? Hi. Hey, Ward, how are you, buddy? He said, hey, Ward, how are you? <laughs> I'm, on a, I'm on a phone call, buddy. I That's love, hilarious. I, 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 I won't keep you for much longer because I know you're busy. But oh, I'm, it's all good. I've, I've just enjoyed it so much, especially, you know, when you talk about going to concerts. I, I had a friend of mine who's a comedian, and he sits back and said he hated to bomb. He hated to have a bad night because he mm-hmm. understood what people, he goes, it was never about him. He goes, it made him feel bad yeah. because he knew what people went through to get to his show. And he felt yeah. like. He had let them down if he did not give his best. Man, that's so true. I've had a couple shows in the past where I had, you know, found I had a sinus infection. One of them was this huge, huge show um, open for Luke Bryan. Had it been like six years ago. And it was at like a stadium. It was like a little big town, us and Luke Bryan. I mean, it was just huge. And I literally nothing came out of my mouth. It was the craziest thing. It was like my voice just completely shut down. I could get like a couple lines out here and there. And so I just spent the whole show, like throwing the mic out to the audience, you know, luckily I'm in a group. So it's like Dave and Hillary were able to pick up some of the slack, but it was just like, I felt so disappointed. And I was like, gosh, like they're not getting the best of, of, of me and, and us. And it just was, it's like the most debilitating feeling in the world. But, uh, you know, I think the fans understand it and they, you know, they know when you, you know, it's almost like they could have that honest moment with them and be like, Hey man, my voice is, is, is fried and all this stuff, but you still walk away just feeling like you just absolutely disappointed the fans. And so I've definitely had those moments before. Can I ask you if I had to just, and again, I, I, I don't want you to have to think about it because if they're not on the top of your mind, then it couldn't have been that big of a deal. And I, that's the way I approach when yeah. I ask somebody, hey, what's the best? What are your favorite live shows you've ever been to? And if you have to think about it too much, it probably wasn't that big of a deal. The ones that just stand yeah. out where you go, oh, that. Yeah. Um, 
The Eagles, I got to see the Eagles um, probably, I guess it was probably five years ago. Um, they came through town, and, um, you know, this was back when Glenn Fry was still alive. And, um, oh, that was unbelievable. I mean, just the hit after hit, you know, and it wasn't flashy at all. It was just like, you know, them sitting there just playing their songs, you know, other than Joe Walsh, always, he's pretty flashy and rock yeah. brings the big energy. But to be honest, the rest of them just kind of sit there and go through the hits and, and it's nothing crazy. And I was just was so impressed in, in a different way at how just musical and cool that was. Um, as opposed to, uh, you know, like going to a show like Adele or, um, I mean, Coldplay was one of the greatest shows I've ever been to. I mean, talk about just production out the wazoo energy. Um, I love that. And, and then another one too, I mean, Garth Brooks, man, Garth Brooks came, came through town and I, I had never seen him growing up, you know, so this was kind of a, a first opportunity for me to see him live. And, um, I mean, gosh, just the showmanship. I see why he's so big, you know, because for me, Garth Brooks was never my favorite country singer. You know, I was always much more of a Vince Gill kind of guy. Um, and I really was like, okay, I get it now. Garth Brooks is the GOAT for a reason. Like, and it's all because of that live show act, you know. It reminded me a lot of Bruce Springsteen, you know. It's really, really kind of cool. It's like he took that kind of raw power energy and just he just has the crowd in the palm of his hand so those are the shows that really stand out to me for sure i wish we could have had you you know we had garth at club rodeo you know where you, yeah you know you've been there and yeah and to see him at a small venue like that where you never expected to see him and to see just as much energy as you see on the big stage. He brought yeah. just as much everything. And, and it was, it was truly one of the most unforgettable nights of my life. But the thing about the Eagles, here's the thing. It, it may be because you're on the other side of it. When you've made that much money, isn't it amazing that you would still go through with it? You know, I mean, Don Henley and Glenn yeah. Fry have all the money, yeah. all the money, because the Eagles belongs to them. That's everybody else. Timothy yeah. B. Schmidt, Joe Walsh, they're hired contract players. Right. So yeah. all those Eagles royalties, monies, everything is going to them. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying even when you have that much money to go through, as you were saying, OK, we're going to go back on tour. We're going to do all the traveling. We're going to do all of that. I mean, yeah. that's amazing to me. It's addictive. I mean, it's addictive. I mean, there's definitely moments, you know, it, it, when you don't have it, you kind of forget. It, it's always at the end of the tour, you're like, those last couple weekends, you're like, ooh, I'm ready for a break. Man, my voice is kind of worn out. And, and you know, hey, my family's really, I can tell, it's like my wife is, is needing some, some, some time together, you know, and so you know, and really kind of miss me. And so, you know, you kind of forget those when you're, when you're, when you don't, when you're not on the road, you're like, you know, you, you miss it. And it's this, this, this thing that just pulls you back. So I can totally see why they still do that. I mean, it gives you purpose. It's like my dad, when he retired from medicine, I mean, he started working on old cars and he'd start piddling around. I mean, he's started, you know, raising some cattle and all this stuff. And it's just cause he just has to have this, you know, something to do in purpose. And I think the minute you stop slowing down and lose some of that purpose, um, you know, it, I think you lose a, a little bit of yourself. So I can totally see, I mean, I tell David Hillary all the time, I said, you know, I might not want to do a hundred shows every year, but I said, I could see us doing 25 to 30 shows for the rest of our lives, you know, at least. 
And um, whether we're in Branson or <laughs> wherever, I don't care. I mean, I'm going to have to get that itch out. I mean, it really is. It's something that you just have to get. Take a quick break. I'm going to come back. We're going to talk Lady A. More with Charles Kelly right after this. So I want to tell you about our new sponsor, The Gym Guys. I have been working out with them for over a year now. It all started with a pandemic and there was no place to go. The gyms were closed, all that kind of stuff. I found The Gym Guys because they come to you. The commute is theirs. Isn't that one of the worst parts working out is you have to factor in the commute time? Not with The Gym Guys. And it's more motivating. It's one thing to say, I'm going to work out today. It's another thing if you know, like, I have Luciana coming over today at 11.15. I got to be ready for it. And then they change the workouts up for you. They give you an app so when you're working out on your own, you know how to do it right and what you're trying to do. And they also give you access to a nutritionist. It's all there for you. You can take it as, you know, if you're just starting your journey or maybe you want to take your journey to the next level. Maybe we've got a contest on how you can win 100 free sessions with your friends and coworkers. It's at TheBiggestMover.com. TheBiggestMover.com. But you'll find the gym guys on the web. G-Y-M-G-U-Y-Z. So let's get back to Lady A. All right, because here's the thing. I remember the first time I saw you guys. I saw you at Country Radio Seminar, and I saw you You saying, love, don't live here anymore. And I'm like, the first time I heard it, I'm like, what I loved about your voices is that yours and Hillary voice, it goes together, but it's not like sibling harmony. Right. It's not like you would hear the Everly Brothers and how that smooth thing. It is almost like a. It's it's it, it's in in in. I don't, and I want you to take this the wrong way. It's the sandpaper effect that you guys yeah. grit into each other so well. It like it even sticks harder, you know that that and it, and it gives it such a different texture that I think is. I think that's just something special and unique into you, which is why you're still as big as you are as this to this day, all these years later. Well, thank you, man. I mean. You know, we just did our last couple of records with Dan Huff and we'd always worked with Paul Worley and, and Dan said, it was funny. He, you know, he was, when we were working on this record, he was like, man, the magic, because, you know, so if, if the song didn't have that magic, he was like, the magic for y'all right now is when, you know, it's this gritty texture of mine. Like you said, a little bit more of that sandpaper versus, you know, and how it matches up with Hillary's sweet tone, you know, and then Dave has this really nice, warm, um, you know, uh, vocal underneath us that doesn't really get in the way because he's not a lead singer he, and he admits that. And, but when it's all comes together, it's like, it creates this, this special thing. And, um, you know, it was all luck the draw. I mean, I've, I've done, I've sing a lot of songs with other, you know, other artists around town, you know, whether we write a song and I got some demos with different artists, you know, that have never seen the light of day. And I'm like, man, it's not the same magic without, without me singing with Hillary. And, um, you know, I just feel like we, we really, it really was kind of fate, right place at the right time. And, um, you know, and all that just kind of has to come together, you know? I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you brought up the harmonies of Haywood, right? Because, yeah. because my thing is, I think, I, I think, I think harmonies get so undersold. Dan and Shay are amazing, but you know what really makes it amazing is Dan's harmony with Shay, right? Yeah. And yeah. the same thing with like the Dixie Chicks. Natalie Maines' voice is crazy, but if it wasn't for uh, Marty and, I'm blanking on her other, uh, Emily, if it wasn't for Marty and Emily's vocal, the, 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 the harmonies, that's what made the Dixie Chicks happen. And you're right, Dave is that, man, he's that, he's that jam to y'all's peanut butter. 
<laughs> he is. Well, and he's, you know, he really is. Um, we say it all the time. I mean, the most talented one in the group. I mean, Hillary and I are, you know, we're vocalists and uh, we're very confident in what we do. But I mean, Dave can pick up every instrument under the sun and, um, and, and play it and play it well. And so, you know, he's kind of our musical glue. And then, you know, Hillary and I are, you know, are obviously kind of front and center with 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 our vocals, but it but none of it would come together without Dave, and so it really is it's a it's a perfect little partnership. Everybody's got their their roles, you know. There's no leader of the band, but we all have our leadership roles in what we do, and uh, you know, and 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 Dave's is definitely leading the charge musically. Mine's kind of leading the charge from a show standpoint, um, and you know, set list all that stuff, and then Hillary's much more like leads the charge of visuals when it comes to how the set looks and how, you know, photo shoots and all this. And, you know, so everyone kind of has their thing and, and, you know, and I think that's why it works so well too, is, is we get along and no one feels like the chief, you know, it's just, everybody kind of has their roles and respects each other. Well, from knowing you guys, and and again, I will freely admit, I know you and Dave much better than I know Hillary. Yeah. Uh, but but it's the dynamics between the three of you and the way that you guys interact. Seeing you and Haywood hang out is watching two best yeah. friends, lifelong best friends who will be lifelong best friends until the last one's breath. And, and you can tell <laughs> that. You can, you can feel yep. it, that there's just that that there's that freedom that you guys have and then watching you interact with Hillary and she is and again this is an outsider's perspective she's much more reserved than you guys right she's not yep. as outgoing she's not as out there as you two knuckleheads but the way <laughs> the way you interact with her you can almost to me it's almost like a protective situation where you feel you come off very protective of Hillary to me and and in the best, in the best sense of the word, what's your take on it? I see that for sure. I mean, you know, she has her moments where I can tell when she's, especially before a show or whatever, she likes to have this calm, you know, atmosphere. I mean, there's moments Hillary will be the life of the party and, and, but she definitely, you know, especially with three kids and stuff, there's just a lot on her plate now. And I will say that, that Dave and I both have become very protective of making sure she's comfortable, um, you know, just because it does get kind of overwhelming, you know, when you got, especially when, when all the kids are on the road, you know, and she's got a seven-year-old and two twin four-year-olds running around and she's, you know, it takes a couple hours to get ready and do her makeup. And it's just like, so I always feel like, yeah, when we're on the road, uh, we do kind of try to create a little bit of a protective you know, situation for her so she can get out there on stage and and feel comfortable and not feel, you know, overwhelmed or anything. And so, you know, I think that's come with time, you know, I mean, even just like schedule wise now, you know, in the past, if we turned down a really big paying show because someone had, you know, some silly request or wanted to go on vacation, we'd be like, no, you're going to have to cancel it. And now it's like, Hey man, I can't do that show because it's it's the last day of of school for award. And I want to be there and take them to, Chuck E. Cheese or something, you know, and you're like, you're like, all right, this is how it's going to work now. You know, we've, we've got a balance between this and because, you know, I think if we don't do that, you know, it's almost like that you don't want your short term, you know, goals to get in the way of your long term goals. And it's like, you know, our long, long term goal is to be a band for a long, long time. And that's only going to happen if we stay 
respect each other and get along well, you know? I mean, that's why bands break up. It's not because usually the music wasn't coming. It's because they couldn't, couldn't stand to be around each other anymore. And, you know, we never want that to happen. And I don't think, you know, that's ever going to happen to us. I really don't. I mean, we've made it this far. We've, we've had many moments where, you know, the, the wheels almost fell off and they didn't. And it's like, now we kind of know, how to kind of, you know, talk to each other if they're getting close to falling off, you know? Well, that's the key. As a matter of fact, if the wheels never fall off, that's doomed too. If you never go yeah. through that growth period where you sit back and go, listen, you need to hear me and I need to be heard and vice versa, yeah. then then you're yep. never going to get to where you want to be. And it shows when you guys are on stage uh, because there's such a there's such a familiarity and there's so much fun and you guys get to have fun with your talent. If that makes sense, because both of all of you are so tremendously talented and nobody nobody's having to carry anything. So you get to have fun with your talent because, you know, the other two are going to catch up with you and be able to go right there with you. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, it really is. It's a it's a a fun, mutual respect that we have right now. And, uh, you know, just I hope it just just lasts. You know, it's kind of a nice season to to be in. We know we're we're not going to be the biggest band in the world, and we don't have to be. I mean, I think all of my favorite acts have had huge ups and downs in their careers. And you know, do I still want to have another like big song of the year type of moment for sure? But you know, I realize that the majority of the fans are coming to hear those songs from the first you know five years of the band, and that's what I did too when I went to see the Eagles. I want to hear those, you know. I, when I go see Keith Urban, I'm I'm there for Golden Road, you yeah. know, and it's like, but it doesn't mean I don't love the other stuff, but like that was what got me into those bands. And so, um, you know, I think now just realizing that, hey, man, this is part of the journey and just kind of be a really solid, well-known live act is, is kind of our goal right now. And, to, you know, try not to compare ourselves with the success of whoever's hot that year, because I've seen them, you know, I've seen so many get hot and not, and, and I'm like, I just want to tell them, it's like, man, I've been there too. Just, you know, hold your head up. And this is part of the way the business works, you know? And so I think the true, the true win is, is longevity in this game. Well, and that's why Boys to Men is opening for you because it, the, yeah. the, the road goes all the way around. And, and the truth of it is, is yeah. you guys have a career now. There will always be tens of thousands of people who will pay to watch you play. And that is the true gift that you get to. You don't have to do a hundred shows a year. You get to yeah. do 15 or 20 because you know you can make a nice living and you don't have to grind like my God, you did, you know, when you guys first came out and you were playing 200 shows a year yeah no doubt about it i mean i think that's kind of a nice spot to be in you know and to be in a spot too where we can bring the family on the road you know when, when, when we can which is becoming harder now that little man's in school you know in these schedules but uh but yeah i mean it's it's been a long journey and made a lot of great friends along the way and you know and guys like you you know that have just always been supportive of us and and you've seen the ups and downs you've seen the crazy ride and uh have been beside us, you know, all the way. And it's not unlike any other business of, of kind of all the ups and downs that people go through and, you know, personal, um, you know, ups and downs and stuff. So all part of it. Let me just say this also, it's because our, our, the place where I work, in case, you know, you, you haven't listened to it, uh, where it's transitioning away, the station was going away. And I saw Charles, the first thing he did is he runs up and he hugs me and he goes, tell me what I can do. That's who Charles Kelly is. 
Anything you need, tell me what I can do. And I just, I like to let people know that because you never would say it. And, and I wouldn't expect you to say it. But his first <laughs> thing was, what can I do? Anything I can do, I'm in. And I yeah. I have always appreciated that about you. And and that's one of the reasons I've just been not only a, a fan, because I've been a fan for the moment I heard your first sugar no no. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> first I time I it. heard sugar no no. You're always the one that calls it the, the sugar no no. Yeah, the I sugar no no is I was all in. And then just watching this coaster has just been amazing. Yeah. And you have given me more time than I ever deserved or expected. And you need to go hit the golf of course, but I just wanted to thank you <laughs> so very much for, uh, for doing this with me. Oh, dude. I, I mean, I, you, obviously, I mean, I, I didn't expect anything less, you know, but you, you seem uh, as natural, if not even more natural in this kind of environment, uh, you know, cause you can kind of be, like you said, talk about anything you want to talk about and just go. And I mean, I, it really, it, 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 you're really good at this, man. I mean, I'm, I've, I'm a believer. I mean, seriously. So it's I awesome. It. I think this is going to be great. Anytime, anytime you have time, please let me know because we didn't even yeah, go. Any, I want to go song by song with you because I just want to get the whole thing. <laughs> I want to, I could go so deep dive with you on this, man. And yeah. then you and I could go down other forms of music too because I really want to well, see who trips and triggers you and who you're excited about. I, again, I could yeah. go so deep with you because I know you, you have the mental capacity to go there with me. Well, let's still, we'll call this part one and then maybe in a month or so we'll regroup and we'll do a part two. Thanks for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more episodes, and please leave a review. Reviews really help us get this out to more people like you. Also, we'd love to hear what your favorite part was. Be sure to join us on social media to engage in even more unexpected conversations. Until next time. Until next time.